0: Thanks for joining us here at Wage D-Nice. We're going to talk about the NFC South this time around. We've got JJ in a hotel room. We've got Yanni in a hotel room. We've got Tasty, I believe, at home. Tasty, what's going on, man?
1: Not too much. Just uh, eagerly awaiting the chance to talk some more divisions in football so I
0: can lock more of my money down for a few months. <laughs> There's been a lot of money locked down, a lot of money locked down. Do you feel kind of left out that you're not in a hotel room
1: now? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. thought about just going and getting one now. but <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> do it just all record from a from hotel body. room.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So just,
1: very left out. just
0: kind of feel left out. JJ back in action. How many bets and how much cash did you blow based on our podcast from last week of all the bets that we threw out there? Hopefully enough that you can still afford that hotel room.
2: Definitely good. We're good. Okay, uh, good. Okay, it, good. No worries about the hotel room. It's actually my wife. She got it through work. So we're cool. Totally good. Um, rent. Yeah, the mortgage is paid for the next month. So whatever I've got locked up, we're hoping uh, doubles here before uh, next, year, next year comes around. But yeah, no, I got a little more action. I think uh, it's been really cool to work through all of this and build up a nice little Futures portfolio and still have a lot of ammo for the season ahead.
0: Lots of ammo. It's good that you have the mortgage paid. You're good until October, right, Yanni? It's good until October. Yep, that's perfect, Yanni. We still have four division previews. How tired are you of doing this podcast here with me and the previews? And how eager are you just to go into on Week One to watch your bills on Thursday night?
3: I'm not tired of it all, man. You guys know I, I live for this stuff. I could do this all day, every day. I do. Uh, I'm glad JJ clarified. He's in a hotel with, with his wife because you said that JJ and Gotti were in a hotel room. That, that seems a little bit. Different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To so, clarify, well, we have
2: individual cameras. So. Yeah, yeah. To clarify,
0: I don't think they're in the same hotel room. I, I can't <laughs> verify that, but I'm pretty sure that they're not in the same hotel room. I don't know. Totally the background looks woodwork. similar
1: to me. I'm,
0: I'm not sure. Yeah. It's the same color. Yeah. It's the same color door, a little brown. Yeah. And the walls. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know. All right, before we get ourselves too deep in trouble, before we hit week one and get canceled before week one, the NFC South, we'll go top to bottom. I think this can be an overall quick division. If you're a listener, hopefully this does not go an hour, but we've got obviously that the NFC South has not changed, but we had Tampa Bay last year, 13 and four, pretty damn good record. The Saints at nine and eight. I actually thought they finished below 500. It's always fun to look at these standings because I thought some of these teams had more or less wins like the atlanta falcons did you guys remember that they went seven and ten i actually thought they had like four That's or crazy. five wins i could have sworn six was the max and then the carolina panthers at five and twelve did we have any over or under win totals last year on any of these teams the falcons maybe i thought we had an under on the falcons maybe yanni i'm trying to think back
3: we we discussed an under yeah. on the falcons okay. uh, yeah
0: that that's news to me that they finished seven and 10 and they finished the season with two straight losses. So they, they were kind of hugging 500. It's amazing how, you know, it's all
2: coming back, right? They choked some, some games away too. I think if I remember correctly, so pretty wild.
0: Certainly did. Certainly did. Tasty name the team. Where are we going to start for this time around from the basement or from the top with Tampa?
1: Oh, I thought Tampa was the basement. Uh, <laughs> Tampa's <laughs> no, the basement. <laughs> let's uh, let's start with the Falcons since you already kicked it off a little bit.
0: The Atlanta Falcons, how about we do that? Seven and ten, kind of a shocker to me. They're expected to be, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. I mean, they, they lose Matt Ryan. They're starting Marcus Mariota at, at quarterback, right? Is that the plan? And who's the backup for Atlanta? Because I feel like that we're going to see him at some point. That has to happen, right? Desmond Ritter.
3: (laughs) um, Yeah, it's it's in, you know, he looked good in preseason. So I would not be surprised if we see him at some point.
0: That is a very good point. Four and a half is their over under. That, That has to be one of the lowest in the NFL. Four and a half right now. You had, what, a team last year that I can't even say that they underachieved. Their over under win total was probably six, six and a half. It couldn't have been seven, right? So you've got how long has it been since Mariota was a starter Titans probably back in 2019, it's been a few years. He might've gotten a spot start in Oakland, but I feel like Carr is a guy that never gets hurt. So you've got a team that's uh, going through some things, not expected to do much of anything. I think we can blow through this real fast. Yanni, did you do anything in the futures market? I'm, I'm leaning towards no because I don't even know what I'm getting myself into here. Probably a shitty defense and a quarterback that's
3: not very good. Yeah, they're, they're a pass for me. I think their win total is probably pretty accurate there. I've got them with four wins. So um, usually when a total is set that low, there's a reason for it. And yeah, I mean, when you look at their roster, they got a couple of nice pieces there that they can build around. Um, A.J. Terrell, very underrated corner, but realistically, they just don't have enough. Um, it, you know, offensive, Cordero Patterson is a guy that always – you a home run threat and of course they got a nice win with kyle pitts in the draft last year but certainly Mariota's not a long-term answer i don't think um desmond ritter will see um but you know you look at that defense it's it's not very good even though statistically they weren't awful last year they were better than i thought when i started breaking them down but but they weren't good really Um, okay yeah and and i don't like their they really didn't do anything to address the fact that their offensive line has not been good. The last two years, they, they really didn't upgrade there. And I think they have a horrendous wide receiver room. I mean, we're looking at Brian Edwards and, and Olameda Zacchaeus is there. Zacchaeus is there. zacchaeus Top Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with their rookie. Drake London, guy. And he, he's a rookie we'll see, but London was my least favorite of the rookie receivers coming in. So hmm. uh, of the big rookie receivers coming in. So I I, it's going to be tough for them I think to consistently score points um without Calvin Ridley who as we all know for gambling reasons is not there uh defense not great so I think that four or five win total is probably right around where they end
0: such bullshit that they got Ridley on what a whole year suspension right it's bullshit guys Especially since we're doing a gambling podcast. Tasty, have you done anything with the Falcons? I think we can breeze through it. I, I think it's just kind of one of those teams, you know, that they're in rebuild mode. I don't want to watch them too often. If they look like an unmitigated disaster, then there could be certain weeks where I take an alt spread against them if they're playing like Tampa at Tampa or if the Saints look good, if they're upstart. It's just kind of one of those teams that I'm going to avoid unless I have a really, really good reason to, I believe.
1: Yeah, man. I, yeah, I suppose so. I I just have a sneaking suspicion that they might be able to hang in games a little bit better. Like when I think about this team or like the Bears or the Seahawks that we'll get to one of these days, I actually feel a little bit more positive about the Falcons. Um, some of the pieces huh. that they've got left, uh, like interesting to see what Drake London can do. Um, certainly Kyle Pitts is a good weapon. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be good. Like I was going through their schedule and I see like seven games that I think that they could have a shot in, but that's not enough to tempt me to take the over. Cause I don't think they're going to win all of those games. So, you know, probably agree that their win total is probably around
0: what I would expect. So not something I'm going to bet. Okay. Four and a half. That's fine. I think we can move on unless JJ, you want to say something before we go into Carolina. I think it's just kind of one of those teams that, if there's a good line, you'll hear from us in the regular season and we'll pick it off, right, JJ? Yeah, and I,
2: I think you can't understate enough the impact of losing Matt Ryan too. So,
0: Yeah, that's a huge loss. And look, this could be a team that has an ugly offense. I don't know how they're going to use Mariota. I don't know if he's going to be able to get the ball downfield to that shitty receiver room to Yanni's point. But maybe if the defense is overachieving a bit and this is – an offense that's just grinding around that they're putting up 14, 17 points to pick off some underlines. I mean, let's just see how the season plays out and see what uh, the dirty bird Falcons do for us. But I don't think they're doing a lot for their fans. Carolina Panthers, Carolina Panthers, JJ, we have Baker Mayfield. What's he going to do for Carolina Panther fans? I would not have expected this. If you told me back when, you know, the Browns had, I think they had a lead against Kansas City a year and a half back, 2020, or it was a close game. They did like halftime. I think Yanni, it was close. There was a ball through the end zone. Um, I wouldn't have thought that Baker would be in another conference, another division, not on the Cleveland Browns. Here he is. He's been named the starter of the Carolina Panthers, some people expect the Carolina Panthers to do something with this season. What is something? I don't entirely know, but I know that the something of their over-under is at six and a half. Any leans no. on this team? No? Steer clear? Well,
2: I, don't, I don't really have any leans, you know, personally. And, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not quite as, as tied in to, you know, what we've been seeing practice-wise, what we've been seeing in some of the nuances with preseason. Uh, but, you know, kind of the, the simple – logical way of looking at it is you know what what do you realistically expect from baker mayfield after you know just say the last couple of years in cleveland with a fantastic offensive line a legitimate run game you know weapons whatever you can say about as far as in the receiving game but you know the performance there and you know what do you look at in terms of what is what does carolina offer do they have that type of level of run game and offensive um, offensive line? I think debatably not. Do they have a little better weapons? Maybe. Um, but but nonetheless, I mean, I think you're taking him out of a situation where it really kind of almost catered to him and the limitations he is he has as a quarterback. Um, so I'm really on the fence to see, you know, what they come up with there. I think they do have a change at this might be a little more of a Yanni area, a change at OC, if if I'm not correctly. So, you know, that sort of thing. I think there was a rift um there so maybe maybe that'll get a little bit smoother maybe the uh offensive play calling will get better and, and and arguably you know even though uh baker's in a situation or he's coming out of a situation where maybe he held that offense back uh maybe he's part of actually accelerating a little bit here so i'm, I'm on the fence i'm i'm on a wait and see for a few weeks here
0: Wait and see on the Carolina Panthers. We'll definitely go to Yanni next real quick on Baker Mayfield though. Last year, I mean, he was battling, I think an injury or two. I know that a lot of people make excuses. We never really were that high on Baker. Obviously we think he seems like a great guy as we were talking about Jacoby last week, not Watson, but he does seem like a great guy and fun guy. But is he a guy that you want leading your roster? I mean, probably not a, you know, Uh, a roster that you expect to go far in the playoffs, but real quick on Baker, he had next gen stats here, (laughs) expected completion percentage last year, 64% actual 60.5. So down three and a half percent. That was one of the worst of all starters last year. The only starters that I can see that were worse were Sam Darnold. If you want to consider him a starter. And I don't think he started the whole year. Glennon, certainly not a starter and Zach Wilson. He was pretty damn awful but those aren't great stats and maybe it was a matter of bad protection no we know it's not bad protection right because they had a g- a great offensive line I mean and not just a good offensive line a great offensive line and was it a matter of injuries Yanni what are you thinking here with Baker to Carolina those are ugly stats that we saw and ugly performances that we saw from Baker last year where the Browns failed to make the playoffs
3: I don't think anybody's been as critical, at least in our circle, as I have of Baker Mayfield. Um True. But, You know, it's a little different. My thought process was always a little bit different, though. And the reason being is you had some staunch Baker Mayfield supporters. And my position was always you're not going to go anywhere with this guy unless he's in the perfect situation. And, you know, even then, I think he was in a great situation in Cleveland there. And you're right, they got close, but I, I think that was kind of the ceiling there. Um, and, of course, I, I think there is some validity to the injuries last year, and, and obviously the performance suffered. There seemed to be some discontent between the coaching staff, the wide receiver room, all that stuff. I don't know exactly what we're going to get from him in Carolina. I think only time will tell. But I, I will tell you this. I think he is set up to have a – solid year with this team and I think this team has one of the higher ceilings in the league really that's not that yeah yeah and and it's not to say that I know like all this team is going to be great and they're going to win 10 games and they're going to be in the playoffs I I don't know that because I I think there is that question mark with Baker Mayfield but I think the ceiling is there and and the reason being this they upgraded their offensive line they used their their first pick on Equanu there um, who hopefully is going to be there kind of cornerstone left tackle. They brought in Austin Corbett there. So their offensive line, not as good as Cleveland, but certainly not bad. So I don't think it's a situation where Mayfield's going to be under fire there. Obviously, the key on that offense, though, is Christian McCaffrey. This this is two different teams. McCaffrey is probably the one running back in the league, other than maybe Derrick Henry, that you look and say, if he's on the field, this offense is dangerous. If he's not, this offense is pathetic. And I think that's what we saw last year with Carolina the few games that we got out of McCaffrey, their offense looked pretty good when he was out all of a sudden, totally different units. So if McCaffrey can stay healthy, they have enough on offense. I love DJ Moore. I think he's a great underrated wide receiver there. I think they can do enough on offense, but what I really like is this defense. Do you really? Yeah. Because I was
0: curious, like if you think that this team could have an emerging defense, you probably want to flirt with an overwind total. And even in, their early games like just take them on the spread because this team could have something here
3: I agree I think if they're healthy this is potentially a good team now the thing I don't like on their Hmm. defense it's very thin they have no depth really in, in my opinion so when you look at their starters there it's a good group you got some really good players out there Brian Burns Derek Brown Um, They brought Ioannidis in. Jeremy Chin's a great safety. J.C. Horn looked great before he got hurt. So, I mean, they've got some pieces there on that defense. What I worry about is some things that happened like last year where a guy like J.C. Horn goes down and Derek Brown's down a little bit. And and now all of a sudden you've got guys that are – there's a big drop-off there. So, I think this team has to stay healthy. But if they do, to your point, early in the season, this is a team that I think you could pick off some nice spreads if you're getting points with them – um, you know, if they've got the right matchup, if they're not playing one of those high flying offenses type teams, I, I think this team can win some games.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting taste. him looking at week one and week two, Carolina Panthers. I think we talked about it last week. They're playing the Browns in week one favored right now by two and a half. That's in Carolina, right? Yeah, it's in Carolina. Then week two, Carolina Panthers, a one point dog at the New York Giants. I wonder what kind of Carolina Panther team we'll get. This is not me sidestepping, but I need people like Yanni to put me in place because of all the teams in the NFL. I think that Carolina is one of the five where I I really just don't know. Like, I think that Carolina is a team that I just don't know. The jets I think are in that gray area as well, where I just don't know. And Carolina is here tasty where I'm saying, you know what? If this team is showing me anything, if they're showing me something and and this D can perform, and I know that you can get something from Baker and the wide receivers aren't awful, if they have some semblance of life, you might want to take them as a dog week two there against the Giants. Yeah, I think a spot like that definitely
1: isn't bad. I agree about picking off some of those lines. I think, I I, I guess, D, I sort of agree with you. This team feels a little harder to get a handle on, uh, sort of like Yanni said, like maybe – High ceiling, but I think there's kind of a low floor, too, to be honest. I mean, like Yanni said, uh, if they have a couple key injuries, um, McCaffrey, Horn, like I don't know that the depth is good enough for them to, uh, like I think they go down quickly. The other thing I'll say is that would keep me off of their win total personally and actually had me toying with their under, though I probably won't get there either as their schedule. I mean, they do have some easy games to start off the season, but I would say ten of their games are against top-tier NFL teams.
0: See, that's tough. Ten out of yeah. seventeen. Yeah, that, that's that's no James, bueno.
1: Cardinals, 49ers, Bucks, Bengals, Ravens, Broncos um and then bucks and saints obviously again sounds so.
0: like a bunch of losses <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so uh, that's why i would do. but i think like the ceiling i do think is there for them to be able to compete in some of those games because there are going to be a couple of those teams that aren't as good as good as we think they'll be that always happens uh so i i think that keeps me off the under but the difficulty of that schedule uh kind of keeps me off the over as well
3: yeah, I think, Tasty, you're you're right. And I think that when you look at a futures play, that, that is what would potentially keep you off of the over there. I think the value is going to be more about picking off the lines there because I do think they're going to yep. be a competitive team. I don't think this is a team that's going to get run out of the building. So, you know, if they're getting points and you feel comfortable with that or if you can get the number to line up where you're teasing them if they're whatever, plus three and a half, and yep. you can get over that eight number or something like that. They should be in games. I, I don't think, you know, we'll see. But again, it, it all comes back to what you said, where there's some uncertainty. And I think it all comes down to the quarterback position. We just don't know exactly how that's going to play out. And, and until we know that, it is tough to really, really know.
0: Agreed it all around. But I do agree also that this this really needs to be a team that we look at, and I'm not saying bet in week one or two, but look at what they're doing in week one and two. They could have some growing pains too. You might get them as big time dogs week three, week four, week five. Saints, Cardinals, Niners, Rams, Bucks. Those five weeks there say that they go into week three and they get the doors blown off themselves by the Saints. I don't know if that's a, a term. The door blown off themselves. Um, <laughs> Saints, you might get some attractive lines. Like I'm not saying they'll be double digit dogs against the Niners, but you might get some lines that it's like pick them off. And to your point, Yanni. You can get them as a decent dog, tease them, get some really attractive lines. Um, I think we've spent enough on Carolina. We have a good game plan going into 2022 here. Let's get a game plan for the Saints. Famous Jameis is back. Tasty, we've got Famous Jameis back. He's back in Thank action. Goodness. Thank ah. goodness. He played how many games last year, guys? Four, five where he blew out? It was his ACL, right? And kind of a different Jameis. Like, He had some games where he threw, I think, for three, four touchdowns, not a lot of yards. They didn't have Michael Thomas. It was a different Saints offense. We no longer have Sean Payton here. We do get Michael Thomas back. We have Kamara. What's the suspension situation on him? Is it six up front, or is he appealing? It sounds like he won't even serve a suspension this year, is the last that I heard anyway. So he's going to be here the entire year because he's appealing, and then it'll happen sometime in the future. You have to love the whole suspension situation in the NFL. It's like, is it going to be served this year? If you appeal, it's it's just a fucking mess. Anyways, Mm -hmm. Saints over under eight and a half is what we're looking at. I think we all are aligned here for many reasons and the same reasons. And Yanni, I think that we're all aligned in thinking that the Saints could be very dangerous. The Saints at an over eight and a half, I think for me is a no brainer. And we think that this team could compete for the division and no didn't mishear me i we we think that if the Bucks step back the saints could be in that realm of 10 11 wins 11 sounds good and competing for this nfc south yanni do you agree with me
3: absolutely man i i think that what we're seeing is maybe and maybe maybe uncertainty is word again but with the quarterback position there's not a lot of faith in Jameis winston and i think we're potentially reaping the benefits of that with the saints, because I think they're undervalued when you go down the rest of their roster, it's really good. And the big difference is last year, they were trotting out practice squad players at the wide receiver position um, with backup quarterbacks at that, but they were, they were playing guys at at wide receiver that really have no business starting. They'll get Michael Thomas back. Um, Jarvis Landry is a capable guy to kind of move the chains. And then of course they drafted Olave there. So, they've got a nice wide receiver room, which is something they didn't have. You mentioned Kamara, obviously that's good. Offensive line still looks good. Defense still looks really good. Not as deep maybe as it's been in the the past few years, but kind of like Carolina, if they can keep their starters healthy, they'll be in a good spot there. Um, So overall, I really like this team. And I don't think that the coaching switch away from Sean Payton because of the familiarity that Dennis Allen has there, I don't think that's going to be a hiccup either. To me, this team... I really think they should win ten games. So this is definitely a team that you could look at on a on a win total over. Or I want to say they were what plus three. I don't remember off the top of my head, plus, 320, plus 360 three twenty, plus three sixty to win the division.
2: There, what is it? Yeah, they're around three to one. Yeah, three,
3: three to one. So I mean, if you get them three to one, three twenty to one, or plus three twenty, whatever, I think that this is one that you could absolutely look at because the the Bucks to me. And we'll get to them here, I'm sure, in a second. They're kind of hanging on by a thread. Could they? Could they be good? Yeah. Could alter? Yeah. So I think you definitely want to look at the Saints team. Take a look at the
0: Saints, and we know JJ from recent years that they. I'm not going to say that they've owned the Bucks, but they've played the Bucks. I think tighter than any other team. They they have the Bucks number. Um, they just do it. The Saints are plus 310 at DraftKings. We haven't mentioned the division odds yet. Great host, yeah. you guys got here.
2: Great host.
0: Uh, the Panthers, for anyone who are wondering, was nine are nine to one. The Falcons 30, 35 to one. If anybody is wants to light money on fire here in the preseason, Saints plus three ten and the Bucks minus two fifty. The Saints are a team here, JJ, where I think that to Yanni's point that people poo-poo Jameis all the time. And I'm not gonna lie. Like do I think he's a great quarterback? No, but we've seen this guy throw for what was it? 5,300 yards. He threw for how many touchdowns that one year? It was a ridiculous amount. Yeah, he'll have that pick six in there. And that's yeah. you know why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't make the playoffs that year. and I think we're going back to 2019. He has the firepower. It's a matter of if they can unleash it. But all of these offensive stats last year were ugly. The Saints were 30th in the league on third down conversion percentage, 35.5%. The only teams worse were teams named Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears, JJ. That's how far down they were. That's got to get better, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. And, you know, kind of the other thing, thing a little bit of a change, you know, that, that I, at least that I'm looking at the lens through is, you know, Jameis' improvement, you know, there was a lot of jokes about the LASIK surgery before last season. <laughs> but, you know, real 2020, baby. That, yeah, other than the devastating injury, though, I mean, you know, the results were looking pretty good, you know. So, I think, you know, whether it was just change of system plus, you know, obviously vision is pretty important. Um, but whether he's turned over a new leaf in terms of the quarterback he is when he was the Tampa Bay Jameis there for a couple years pre pre-Brady, it was kind of a, it got to be a running joke, but it was just easy overs. And it's because he contributed to scoring on both, both ways. Um, I don't, you know, if we're going to continue with the the thesis that, you know, what we saw out of him in those five games last season is more or less what you expect out of him now, then, you know, I think, uh, you know, right now my numbers, you know, as far as ratings and everything, you're kind of looking right around them being, you know, fairly neutral in terms of, you know, to the totals. And a lot of that does hinge on, you know, whether James is going to be a lot more under control. He's, he's always been willing to push the ball down the field, which is, which is a bonus. Um, it's just been the whole issue of, uh, getting it into the opponent's hand. So really curious to see if that is something that persists, what we saw him in, in the four or five games last year was putting up pretty big numbers in, in carrying the team to a degree on the offense. So um, definitely looking forward to that, and I'm I'm kind of waiting him to the fact where he's going to be, you know, obviously beneficial to the offense, but not a detriment in terms of um, losing games. Like, arguably, he did Tampa, Tampa. Very there's well, a, there's so...
3: a really there, there's an interesting point here though, and when you look at it, what he did in the four or five games last year with the Saints, they weren't asking him to sling it around. And in fact, I think they were intentionally kind of scaling back the offense. To to avoid those turnovers, but guess what? It worked. I mean, he wasn't throwing for 400 yards, but he wasn't throwing interceptions either. And oh, by the way, they were winning. And I think when you have a good roster, like they have, that's really kind of what you're looking for. And even when you look at their wide receiver position, you go back to those Tampa days where he was slinging the ball around, you had Mike Evans, you had these, you know, they were an aggressive offense. That was kind of their M.O., this Saints offense is different. You've got, what, what's the nickname for Michael Thomas? Slant guy, you know, whatever. They say all he does is run slants. Jarvis Landry's not a down-the-field guy. He's a, you know, five-yard-out guy. I mean, th- this team is kind of designed with that in mind. So I think the scheme fits him really well here to protect him from being his own worst enemy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah you are thinking on the same line here that last year, I, I'm actually shocked he did play in seven games. And my next point was that he threw for 14 touchdowns, three picks. 1.9 is the interception percentage. And guess what his interception was two years prior at Tampa, 4.8%. Yeah.
2: Double. And
0: yeah, he threw for 5,100 yards, 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Sean Payton wanted to limit the turnovers. They were winning last year. I think they get back to that tasty. Yep.
1: Yeah. I I was going to say sort of the same thing with Winston. Like, I think it's a great point, Yanni. I mean, I was looking at that same game log and his passer ratings generally well over a hundred. I mean, he basically had one bad game where he threw two picks um, but it was, it was one bad game. I mean um, so I agree that this is a good spot for him. I think the things that I would add here is number one, what makes me nervous about new Orleans is their offensive line. I, I know that they could be solid, but I think there are some question marks there. Um, I believe their left tackle is a rookie um,
3: maybe from an F fcs school is that right yanni um I, you're right and and you're you're spot on left tackle is the one blind spot there i think the rest of their offensive line is fine but left tackle is definitely something to keep.
0: yeah
1: of the so, knowledge
0: love the knowledge so anyway, that, that, um,
1: it doesn't make me nervous about them being a good team. I'm just saying like that the offensive line is the biggest question. I actually, when I went to look into the saints mentally, I was sort of down on them. I don't know why oh, like, really? I, I thought it Interesting. would be a down year. And then after researching it, I was like, Damn, I love the I love the defense. I love what they've done with the skill position now. I actually think Landry is an awesome. I mean, if he's your third receiver, second third receiver, I think it's great. I think Olave is going to be really good um, and can stretch the field some. So I like all of that. Um, and I and I think this team's going to be good. See how the protection goes.
0: Yeah, should have hopefully a top defense in the league. Maybe not as good as years past, but if you can get a top ten defense here and you can get an offense, which I think that we all agree could or should be a top 10 offense, possibly even top five, you have a team that I think easily gets the 10 wins. And I'm not going to say sky's the limit, but you have a team that I think can definitely go head-to-head against Tampa as they've done in years past, beat Tampa at least once and compete for that division. I guess it lends itself to talking about Tampa now. We're high on the Saints. Are we low on Tampa? Over, under? It varies. I saw FanDuel 11.5, and and correct me, guys, I think it was juice to the under. I'm going to pull it up again. Tampa has a high over-under, and sure, they have Tom Brady. Tom Brady's back for, what the hell is this, year 22? He looks (laughs) a little thin right now. Like, I saw him in recent days. I'm not sure what's going on. It's probably because he's an alien, and he's completely healthy still, but he looks a little different. He looks like he's not 45, but he, he stepped away from the team for what seven to 10 days he's back now i'm sure that tampa will be perfectly fine i'm sure that they'll be a good team but i know that yanni has plenty of thoughts before that we get to it i just want to pull up their over-unders you can get alts of course but yeah the over-under right now 11 and a half juice to the under under 10 and a half plus 135 if you're down on tampa yanni this is a team that obviously has been through Not a lot in the past two years, but they started out two years ago where we expected them to be good. They kind of stumbled out of the gate, and then they turned into the best team in the NFL, and they won the Super Bowl. Last year was kind of up and down. I think we're on them in certain spots. They disappointed us. Actually, I know that we were on them against – what was that Sunday Night Football game? Against Mac Jones and the Patriots. We loved Tampa in that spot. Didn't come to fruition. I think we're on Tampa again against the Eagles. They had that big lead. Eagles came ripping back and I didn't take it too seriously, but they covered the spread. It was kind of an up and down season. They didn't make it two Super Bowls in a row. They went down. What was that? That 30-27 game against the Rams that was batshit crazy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, it was. That that was an incredible game on probably the best divisional round that we've ever seen. I think all games were decided at the last second, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, and that was the chiefs bills game too, that we had the overtime game. crazy ass weekend. So Tampa Bay, are they going to have another crazy ass season here? Yanni, 13 and four, are you thinking maybe a little bit downward? Is this roster aging? Where are you going here?
3: Yeah, This is a really tough one for me because on paper it's still pretty good. Um, But something just doesn't feel right. And I guess I should preface by saying I'm not betting against Brady because he burns me every time. Um, I, I just can't do it. Now, I think this team is trending down. And there's a few reasons for it. I mean, you've got Chris Godwin coming off of injury. Obviously, when they were at their peak last year, Antonio Brown was tearing it up for them. He's not there. Um, Of course, Gronkowski retired. So, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of that security trust guy that Brady had there. Um, And then, you know, the big thing offensively is that offensive line. They the interior is a little beat up there. Alex Kappa left in free agency. Um, Ryan Jensen was lost probably indefinitely for the season there. So the interior is a little questionable. And we've talked about this on your podcast before. Brady is a master at working around edge press or pressure. He steps up in the pocket. It really doesn't affect him where he has had trouble. If you want to nitpick in his career, it's when he has pressure around his feet and in his face, that's where having backup centers and guards could potentially be a challenge for him. So I think it's something that bears watching. Am, am I necessarily worried about it? If I'm tape, I wouldn't say I'm worried about it, but I think it's, it, it bears watching um, defensively. You're right. I think they they aged out a little bit. We see a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul gone, and Dominican who was an underrated player for them the last couple seasons, no longer there. They did bring Akeem Hicks in, so I don't think they're going to lose a lot. I think, as usual, this team good against the run, um, where I'm not as sure is on the pass rush. I mean, they have um, Joe Tryon, who they they drafted last year, who they're hoping steps up as a rusher Shaq Barrett's still there. So it's not like they're bad, but there's, I, I don't think it's as sure of a thing on the Russian on the edge rushing there. And then the secondary, I've never been a big fan of their secondary Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy bunting quality players, but not great players. In my opinion, they, they, I think are protected when they do get that pass rush. So if that pass rush, isn't there, what are we getting defensively? All that being said, I think this team is trending down. I will not, I refuse to really bet heavily against them or fade them because paper, it's still pretty good. And and, oh, by the way, Tom Brady has really defied father time and critics his entire career.
0: We've said many times on podcasts, on live streams and said, a great way to lose money is to bet against Tom Brady. Just a great way. And I don't like doing it. I'm not going to bet on the under. It's juicy anyways. You have a division that has two bottom feeders that if the Bucks go 4-0 against the Panthers and the Falcons, I won't be shocked at all. It's probably expected, to be honest with you. J.J., the Bucs have a tough schedule to start the season. They go at Cowboys, at Saints, hosting the Packers, hosting the Chiefs in the first four weeks of the season.
2: Right. Do they start out
0: 1-3 and three here?
2: Well, what's the deal with Godwin, too? Yeah, it's, it's a good it's young. a good question. I mean, he it, it, he's, out. he's he,
3: no, he's cleared. I mean, I think he's okay. he's I think he's cleared. But again, what are we going to get? I mean, he's coming off major right. surgery, and you know they have Julio Jones. They brought Russell Gage over, so it's not like they they have nothing yeah. behind Mike Evans. So I mean, I'm not. Right.
2: I'm not <laughs> but overly, Godwin has been very dynamic for them as far as what they've been able to do from an offensive scheme scheme. Uh, you know, they're being kind of. Almost like a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, you know, thunder and lightning type of thing with Evans and Godwin. Real realistically, he's a huge um, so,
0: key on that offense. He's, yeah, he's yeah, a huge but key.
2: I'm, I'm, I. This is another one where I truly do not know what to expect out of Tom Brady. I'm I'm with you guys. I, I defer. I mean, he's earned the right <laughs> for for all of us to sit here and to defer judgment. on what he's going to do in the regular season, despite whatever the hell has been going on for the last three or four months, let alone the last few weeks where he just kind of said, I'm out of here. I'll be back when it counts, you know? And it's like, is there anybody else in this league that we would really, you know, kind of for lack of better words, trust to just show up on day one and game one and and be absolutely uh, like he didn't miss a beat. So that's the only thing that concerns me. However, like from looking at a team perspective, You know, not just offense, but, you know, again, kind of like the Atlanta thing with losing Matt Ryan being kind of that center point of consistency on the team. One of the big things about Tampa, the strengths has been that offensive line and with just it's Swiss cheese right now. So that with a what a 43 year old uh, quarterback is a pretty dangerous combination. And and it's been forever since we've seen Tom Brady, um, you know, go down for extended period of time or the rest of the season. And um, somehow he's always had some sort of backup who's been extremely capable and whether that system was. So if Tom Brady were to get hurt today, you know, that, that team is in an extremely tough situation. They don't necessarily have that backup quarterback to, to come in um, into a Belichick type of system. So I don't know. I, I will defer judgment on Brady in the offense, but definitely not happy with the line and definitely uh, I think, Uh, Like Yanni said, the the secondary issues, especially the thin part of it, because we watched that um, in that game where, you know, they lost one of the one of their two only really good uh, receivers and they were just picking at that guy who filled a spot left and right. I mean, they were were all over that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty ugly when they get thin in the secondary. It's it's sketchy as it is.
0: And we certainly saw that last year. Let's see what happens with the defense. Let's see what happens with Todd Brady. Yeah, if he is having some issues in his personal life or if he decides to retire or if he gets hurt, anybody who has an under or an alt under is cashing that immediately. Just pay out right then and there. Um, From a team perspective, week one against Dallas, they're one and a half point favorites at Dallas. We saw them play Dallas on opening night last year. They won, I think it was a one- or two-point game, came down to a field goal at the end of the game, Dallas covered. I'm not going to do anything with that game. It's another team, and I feel like we've said this about almost every team in this whole damn division. Let's wait and see what we get early season. I could see them coming on slowly, and to that point, I'm looking at it right now, Tampa Bay three-and-a-half-point favorites in week two at New Orleans. That might be something to our point of liking New Orleans and the Saints playing them tough. That's going to be something that I'm kicking around here in the next week or so to get out ahead of week two. That's not anything that I hate there, Tasty, a Tampa fade in week two. But then again, go back to what Yanni just said 10 minutes ago. Good way to lose money is to bet against them. But I'm just kind of just talking to talk right now, Tasty, that I kind of like that three and a half for the Saints. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't I don't hate it, but here's what I want to say. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Tom Brady's older than I am, and I can judge him if I want to. 45? 45, 45 <laughs> years old? I look, 45. 45. 45 years old. So, and obviously, yes, he can do his thing, but I feel kind of the same way as Yanni. This thing feels like lebron trying to get carmelo and you know all these (laughs) oh really let's get let's get the ghost of julio jones in here (laughs) so everybody can be excited and then he's gonna you know be be on the sideline three weeks in not doing anything i don't believe in leonard fournette uh he's a running back who's getting older and i know a lot of people are high on him and i may look like an ass uh down the line here but i don't believe in leonard fournette I do think the the weapons are fine uh, for the Bucks, but I'm not. Sh- I'm just not sure how much I believe in like the deep passing attack and stuff like that. So yes, it's a good team. Um, wh- what I would say though is they don't feel indestructible. This doesn't feel like like. And we're all saying it, but some kind of lock for the number one seed in the NFC or anything. For me, if I'm going to bet anything here, it's not on the over and under. I mean, it would be the under, but it's juiced, like you said. But when I look at the schedules in these two teams, I feel like the division's a toss-up between them and the Saints. Like, I can see either one of them winning it. Agreed. But you're getting one at big plus money and the other one at big minus money. So if I'm going to take a
0: shot, it's probably on the Saints to win the division. That's it. And I think that as we've talked here for hopefully less than an hour, we've kicked around all four teams. I think that where we all are right now is if there's any quote-unquote value play, I think it's Saints to win this NFC South plus 310 shopping around there might be plus 350s out there plus 350 might be a really attractive line but i think of of all the bets i don't want to fade Tampa on the win total cuz yeah they could start out slow yeah i could bet the saints in week 2 it could win they'll go on some sort of a streak where brady hits his stride and they win 8 in a row and then they're at 12 wins i think saints Saints could do this. Saints could get to 12 wins. You could have Tampa at 11 or 12. I really think you could have the Saints at 11, 12. I'm not going to say 13, but 13 is not the 13 and 3. It used to be. It's 13 and 4, right? It's a little bit more attainable because you have an extra game. Is that where we're at here, JJ, that if you had to do anything with this division, Saints, to win the division and just walk away?
2: Yeah, or even win total. I mean, you're seeing 8.5. Right. Eight and a half flat. I mean, that's if, if, you know, kind of the way we're talking is so it's almost like you could take, kind of take crack at it both ways. If you wanted to, I don't think there really is a wrong way. It's just how far do you want to reach to try to get a better payout and all the things we said about Brady and the line and look, you know, he's, it's really just a Brady injury away from probably disaster in Tampa. So you could almost, cause I'm with you. If you look at under 11 and a half, it's really juiced to the under, you know, yeah. that kind of goes back to looking at alts. So like if if Tampa going to miss their win total, they're probably going to miss it by a decent margin because something bad happened or the, the line is a disaster and there's no time and for old and he's washed up and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's almost as if layoff Tampa or go for, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, all, all under. But I think the this we will just say the most straightforward way of doing it is going after New Orleans.
0: High ceiling, low floor, low-ish floor, I think, for Tampa. And Yanni, the way that I think that we end this here is there's three bets that I like. Saints over eight and a half. You can do an all-win total, too, if you want Saints to win the division. And I think just to have it, I'm going to do Saints plus three and a half in week two. And I'm going to go against their whole thing of not fading Tom Brady because I'm an idiot. But those are the three bets I think I like here, Yanni.
3: I think we're all in agreement. We we're, were high on the Saints. Um, you know, my other one, like I said, is I'm I'm probably higher than most on Carolina, despite my lack of love for Baker Mayfield. But no, I, I think you're right. I think the Saints are the the team to watch here. Um and we'll see with this Bucks team. I mean, they again it's kind of that one. If they go 13 and four, sure. I wouldn't be shocked. If they end up falling apart, I wouldn't be shocked with that either
0: putting our money in the hands of with Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield would not have expected that (laughs) going into the preseason, but here we are right before week one. And that's what we're doing. Fellas. I appreciate it. Yanni and JJ bet crushers rolling out articles, right? Betcrushers.com at betcrushers. Is there anything else you want to plug before the uh, season coming up here?
3: Not at all. If you want to talk some, football if you want to talk some betting hit us up hit us up on social
0: media tasty anything you want to talk about before the season as we start to wrap our heads around around what the hell our schedules going to be here in terms of podcasts and anything
1: Uh, i just say watch watch twitter at nba attack with 1a got a couple shows uh with some of these guys and some other people as well that i'll be starting
0: next week leading into week one so Should be a great season. We still have three divisional previews, which I think that we're going to blow through them. But I'm looking forward to the season. I'm ready to wrap my head around all of the week-to-week number crunching, everything of that nature, and just to get into a grind again. So great NFC South preview here, guys. We'll talk real soon.